Hello and welcome to another episode of Des and Marco. I'm Marco. And I'm Des. Hello, Des. So first things first, because right now I'm in Italy and it's like a thousand degrees. So please, let's get to the beers quick. What are you having? Because it's so hot and because I've just come back from my summer holidays, I'm drinking a nice cold lager from a brewery which we've already reviewed called Captain Lawrence Brewing Company out from New York, America, USA. And this one's called Classic Lager. I hope it does what it says on the tin. How about you? A classic beer for a classic guy. Speaking of New York, I am having the beer that allegedly won the 2020 New York International Beer Competition, won the gold medal for it. It is an Italian beer, and it is called the Cotta 21. Cotta means basically like cooked, I guess, or cooked. (laughs) (laughs) And it is from the Mastri Birai Umbri Brewery. It's like a craft wheat beer re-fermented in the bottle. I have no idea what that means, but I'm looking forward to trying it. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. To kick things off with the news, a few episodes ago, we talked about how Netflix isn't really doing too well, but it is creating a lot of value for others. Exactly. And... In the episode called Netflix, listen to it if you haven't, because it's actually one of our good ones. We briefly discussed the struggles that Netflix is facing. One of its, let's say, treasures in the trove or selling points was its, um, its few good series. It's kind of like flagship series, of which Stranger Things is one of them. I would like to one day talk about Stranger Things 4, the latest season, because it is very good. But... What features prominently in the series is a song from Kate Bush, which is a song which was originally released in the early 80s, I think, maybe 1982. I'm not entirely sure of the date, but it's had a sudden resurgence, having been featured in Stranger Things season four, to the point that it became number one in the official charts in both the UK (laughs) and the US, and is like high riding this success across the globe. So it holds a record now for being the song which has reached number one the longest time after its release, because it never reached number one at the time. Oh, wow. And I think it's like 44 years. It beat Tom Jones and uh, I think maybe Elvis <laughs> or something. Okay. So the, the song was released in 1985, and I believe you're talking about Running Up That Hill, right? Yes. Okay. So that one is in the latest series of Stranger Things. Correct. Okay, I haven't seen any series of it, actually. What's really interesting is, I didn't know about this, but I knew Kate Bush from some of her singles from back in the 80s. Apparently, her third album onwards, she self-produced and self-published and self-everything. So she owns everything to do with that song. Oh, she must be making a ton of money right now. Exactly. She is raking in right now. All the streaming revenue, all the sales, everything goes directly to her pocket. And in my opinion, well-deserved because she wrote it. She owns it. Yeah. Good on her. Yeah. Good for her. Wow. All right. So another example of Netflix causing a lot of value for others and not necessarily for themselves. One piece of news that I was very amused by, and it's nothing major, but some someone i don't know who because obviously i didn't check they managed to get doom running on a lego brick you know the lego brick the the kind of the computer yeah it's like a cashier desk isn't it 
Yeah, kind of like that one. So they managed to put a, a tiny screen on it and run Doom on it. No, if I'm not mistaken, the screen is actually part of the Lego brick toy. Yeah. It's not that they put the screen on it. The screen is inbuilt. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. But like, still, your Lego character can play Doom, like actual Doom. And then I got a little bit carried away because IGN did a really fun article about what sort of devices can play Doom. Many episodes ago, we talked about Doom running on a pregnancy test, <laughs> if you remember. And, and so they made a list of all the um, devices that can play it or that have been programmed to play it. So it played on a um, graphing calculator, which is powered by potatoes. So it doesn't have any <laughs> batteries. You can play it on your phone. But here's the catch on the old school rotary phone. <laughs> <laughs> not your smartphone so the rotary phone is basically the gamepad you can play it on a treadmill the faster you run the faster the doom guy runs on the video game it runs on an ipod nano it runs on a digital camera it runs on twitter so like you could tweet at an account and play doom <laughs> the pregnancy test we talked about you can run it in minecraft so you can play minecraft playing doom yes that that was my personal favorite okay and so on there's like just so many it runs on an atm like people apparently hacked an atm just to play doom on it which isn't really my first idea when i when i think of hacking atms but hey good for them and so i just find this incredibly amusing finally one one other piece of I guess, news? I don't know. It, I, I don't think it was news for me, but did you know they made a... I don't know if it's a reboot or a sequel of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Is this not the reunion thing that they did? No, it's completely different people, like different characters. Or no, I think it's the same characters because there's Will, there's Carlton, there's Uncle Phil, but it's obviously different actors. So the series is titled Bel-Air, and the reason I know is because so I'm, I'm spending a couple of days at my parents' house in Italy and they have Sky or they have uh, satellite TV. And I keep seeing commercials or ads for the series called Bel Air. And it's, I think it's produced by Will Smith or he's somehow involved, but it seems like a reboot. And I was like, what? What is this? Oh, okay. Interesting. No, I've never even heard of this. Yeah, I think in the US it's out in on Paramount Plus, which we don't have over here on this side of the Atlantic. But yeah, apparently they rebooted it or they remade it or there's it's got something. It's called Bel Air. And so I'm looking forward to checking it out. Much like following your visit to to Amsterdam, you you kind of forgot your Disney Plus password in my TV. And uh, we started watching How I Met Your Father. Is that on Disney Plus? Yeah, it's on Disney+. Plus. Oh, cool. It's okay. Uh, we'll talk about it another time. But anyway, I mean, we, we always go on and on about how Hollywood is running out of ideas. And so it's either a sequel or a reboot. And that brings us to this episode's topic, which is Top Gun. With the new movie coming out, still with the same actors, or at least still with Tom Cruise as the protagonist and playing Maverick. The movie is titled Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> very appropriately named. Yeah, it recently came out and it's already made a billion dollars at the box office. We will talk about the latest Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick in a second, but you're absolutely correct. And the, the thing which blew my mind was 
how Tom Cruise is this mega star. He's had an incredibly big career. And yeah. yet this is his most successful box office movie ever. Really? Yeah, like it all blew the... my mind. Of okay. all the films he's done before, apparently prior to Top Gun Maverick, it was War of the Worlds, which admittedly is maybe not one of his best ones. Yeah, I really hated the kids screaming all the time. <laughs> that, that it, honestly, that's the thing I remember the most about that movie. I don't even remember it. That's the whole... <laughs> like, I, I just... Yeah. And anyway, and... Before that, it was the, the original Top Gun. For real? For real. Like more than all the Mission Impossible ones? They never had a bigger grossing week, first week, than his other movies. Oh, okay. That's, that's insane. I'm not saying his other movies weren't successful. They were successful. Yeah. But this is his biggest. Wow. Okay. I wonder if that's got anything to do with the fact that people just really want to go back to normal, in a way, and really want to go back to the cinema? Or... Maybe it's because it's just very, like a very hyped movie and people have very fond memories on top of the original Top Gun. I think it's a combination of everything. I know a lot of people have been watching the original, like yourself, in anticipation of this movie. I think it conjures that perfect mix of nostalgia, but also of sequel and also of carrying a franchise. I mean, Top Gun, the title of the movie has become ubiquitous. You know, people are like, oh, he's a Top Gun. Whereas before the movie existed, maybe it was like super niche saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, good, good introduction. So in preparation to see the movie at the cinema, I watched the original one. So the Top Gun from 1986. First, I, and okay, I have many thoughts about this movie because rewatching a movie that old is a bit weird. Also, you know, when you watch it as a kid, Everything seems amazing and you rewatch it now and, you know, society has sort of moved on from certain things and it's very weird to watch. But first of all, I wanted to comment, it's impossible to find anywhere, the, the movie itself. Like you can rent it on like Apple, Google, Amazon, I believe, but it's on no streaming services in the Netherlands, which is just really stupid as in, let it go, guys. It's from 1986. It's like almost 40 years old. Just someone buy the rights i think after a certain age movies should just be free to stream or streamable from any service because this is ridiculous like i you need to like i'm not gonna pay to rent a movie or even worse buy a movie from the 80s but anyway i so i've seen the original and uh like i said before i have thoughts <laughs> i have opinions so first of all everyone is really sweaty all the time <laughs> i don't know if you've noticed like on the aircraft carrier, they're always overly sweaty. Like their faces are dripping with sweat. It's just ridiculous. I get the, the scene when they're playing beach volleyball in the sun. Great stuff. Also, Jesus, they're all super fit in that movie. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Especially if you look at Val Kilmer nowadays, because he's yeah. older and let himself go a little bit. I mean, I, we, me and you definitely shouldn't comment on that. But We'll um, get to that in a second, because I think that's a super <laughs> harsh comment. Okay, well, all right. Sorry about that. Sorry, Val. Uh, if you want to come on the show and, and <laughs> as a guest, you're more than welcome. We're big fans. Loved you in Batman. Yeah, so everyone's super sweaty. But then the, the thing that really, really shocked me about this movie was almost at the beginning, he, so Maverick is this like hotshot pilot and he kind of does whatever he wants. And I think, Des, you have something to comment about that, but we'll get to it. He goes to this bar to hang out and have a couple of drinks. 
Also, there's a lot of drinking in this in this movie, which is not what you'd expect your fighter pilots to be doing. He meets the meets the girl. Essentially, he is very harassing towards her, but like very harassing. Like she's out with a guy on a date and he basically forces himself onto her to the point that at one, like she goes to the bathroom and he walks into the lady's room to continue to hit on her and basically tell her, yeah, we should be having sex in the bathroom. And somehow in the 80s, that was okay. Like if you look at that with 2022 eyes, that is very inappropriate. So inappropriate. And just before we started recording this, I would like to draw attention to a video on YouTube from a channel called Legal Legal. It's a really fun channel. He usually comments on the vericity of legal situations in movies, such as, I don't know, Ali McBeal or It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, like anything he you can think of. He commented on uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Bird Law. Yeah. <laughs> it's and actually he said it's really cool but anyway yes to, like this is a guy who's an actual lawyer by yeah, the way yeah, yeah. like in washington dc and on like in the side he does videos about um like trials and law in movies and tv and he looked at the original top gun in anticipation of the top gun maverick and he did this video together with a military lawyer a judicial advocate so a jag what's the g for it's J, J, Judicial Advocate, and G, I suppose, maybe group or something. I don't know. Okay. But it's a military <laughs> legal group in, yeah, in the States. Right. And it's so funny because within the first 15 minutes of the movie, you know how like they're watching it and pausing it and discuss what's like the, the legal implications? And within the yes. first 15 minutes, I'll just list off a few of the things that he's done. So first one is hazarding <laughs> a military vehicle. Driving without a helmet, which is illegal in the state of California and also against the military code for airline pilots, for aviation pilots. Conduct unbecoming of okay. an officer or gentleman. Conduct prejudicial to good order and discipline. Willfully disobeyed order of a senior commissioned officer. All of these within the first 15 minutes of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the kicker I need to emphasize. Some of these are punishable with the death penalty. <laughs> So essentially, it would have been okay to kill him after what he does in the first 15 minutes of the movie. So I think the official advice, although he, they emphasize that this is not legal advice, was I would tell Maverick in the movie yeah. to lock himself in a room, talk to nobody, and hope for the best. <laughs> That's the best legal advice he could offer. Because then he goes on to do even worse things yeah. in the rest of the movie. So. Okay. But also, yeah, in the, in the, he's also drinking and driving or drinking and riding his motorcycle. There's, yes. there's like a it's part where he's like at the bar. Yeah. A catalog of disasters. Yeah. 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 Wow. And yeah, basically, this guy does whatever he wants. And that's it. Also, he does all that stuff in the first 15 minutes before he gets to join the finest academy for <laughs> fighter pilots ever in the history of the world. So they're like, he does all that stuff. And you're like, yes, you're Top Gun material. And then they send him there. And then he completely, another thing that kind of blew my mind was the fact that he, I mean, we can spoil the movie. It's like, it's, it's old, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So he has an accident and his co-pilot dies. Goose. Goose. And 
he is really hurt by that because they were very good friends and he basically loses his mojo. He cannot perform as well. His graduation from the Top Gun Academy is at risk. And so he just loses it, essentially. He, he, he was fighting to be the top of his class, but then that goes to Iceman, played by a very fit Val Kilmer. And instead of, you know, taking this guy apart uh, or taking this guy aside and saying like, hey, are you all right? Or can, what can we do? They send him to battle. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, here's a $30 million fighter jet paid with tax money. Go, go fight a few bad guys. Also, one thing that I found pretty amusing was the fact that it doesn't tell you who the bad guys are, but 1986, so we can assume Cold War, they just refer to them as the other side, yeah. <laughs> which I find pretty, pretty entertaining. But you know, that hasn't changed. No spoilers for the new movie, but early on, as soon as their mission becomes apparent, it, it, all they say is, the enemy, that's it. Like, we don't know who the enemy is. We don't even know where in the world they're flying. Which is a little bit weird, because especially nowadays, the way movies or action movies have evolved, there's always a backstory to, to the bad guy. They try to justify the bad guy's behavior and in some way and try to show him as a like as the damaged character but it was because of something that happened in his childhood well in the 80s it's everything was just easier and they're like yeah bad guys agreed i thought they yeah. might make it the chinese but then obviously they want the china market so i like they didn't go that far but then yeah. when you see them fly in enemy territory it looks very snowy <laughs> like siberia -y. Uh, but, but that would be hazarding a guess. Yeah. I would yeah. never make but such that's... insinuations. But you know what? Now that I think of it, it actually makes perfect sense. Not not right now, but like in the movies, like in the eighties, or let's say the action movies that we grew up with, where the bad guys were always the Russians, because Russia was never a target market for these movies because yeah. it was on the other side of the Iron Curtain, so they were never going to see these movies. So they could have been the the bad guys all day long, and it would have been fine. Well. You, with China, not so much, because you want to show your movies there. Exactly. And again, <laughs> we never know who the bad guy is. You don't see anything, not even an insignia. In the old yeah. one, you, they painted red stars on the fighter jets, yeah. the MiG-28s. So you can sort of say, well, maybe it's the Soviet Union, you know, the red star. But in this one, we see yeah. nothing. Yeah, they leave it up to you to decide. They're, they like take you most of the way. And then if you're like, oh, it's the Russians. No, we didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you made that assumption. But anyway, it's, it's funny you mentioned the MiG-28s because fun fact, they are not, the MiG-28 does not exist. It's not a real life fighter. While the F-14s that they use, that the, let's say the Americans use, are real fighter jets. And by the way, they're awesome. But the MiG-28s don't exist. They're actually F-5s. Yep. They're American training jets that they're just painted black and made uh, with red stars so that they look iron curtain-y or <laughs> whatever. Um, there was a, another fun fact that I, that I read was that in the actual Top Gun Academy, because this is an actual thing following the Vietnam War, American fighter pilots were losing a lot of battles or they were relying too much on uh, missiles and the technological advantage that they had compared to like Russian MiGs that they lost basically the skills or they they weren't as good in dogfights as their counterparts. And so they created this academy 
which is, by the way, I believe in San Diego, to train the highest performing pilots to be even better than they were previously and even better than the enemy, whoever the enemy may be. In the actual academy, there's a rule that every time anyone quotes the movie, they have to pay a $5 fine. No way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Another thing which was mentioned in that Legal Eagle video, apparently in the real sort of Air Force, you know, the cool call signs like Maverick, Iceman, Goose. Yes. They would not exist because military tradition is such that if you gave yourself a cool call sign, you would be hazed to death. Like your peers would rip it out of you. <laughs> so usually a call sign is something unique and embarrassing to you. But obviously, you know, no one's going to be called fat ass you know, or something like that. <laughs> Fat ass Val Kilmer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. But having said that, I like at the end of the movie, I really wanted to get a call sign because it's just so cool. Uh, so cool. Ooh, oh, oh, okay. Fun fact about call signs. I've written it here. Do you know the actor Ewan McGregor? I mean, not personally, but yeah, I know of him. And I don't know him personally either. But Ewan, if you're listening and you want to jump on the show, Ewan, you're welcome anytime. <laughs> But anyway, he has a brother called Colin McGregor, who was a pilot in the Royal Air Force for the, for the British. Okay. And Ewan McGregor's, one of his big roles was Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes. And apparently his brother's call sign was OB2. That's funny. And you mentioned before how the Top Gun was a school for the hotshots. And remember the spoof movie, Hot Shots? Yes, with Charlie Sheen. It was hilarious. So unlike the original Top Gun, the bad guys are the Iraqis. Saddam Hussein is the number one bad guy in the movie, made into a comic version of the real one. Every time there's a close-up in these dogfights and they look at the Iraqi pilots. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just giggling just thinking about it. (laughs) All the call signs of the enemy are just Middle Eastern dishes. So they go like, and you can hear them talking, and it's like, oh, couscous! And it's like, oh, hummus! Kabob! Baba ganoush! <laughs> that was such a funny movie. Speaking of fun facts, Charlie Sheen was supposed to be in Top Gun, or he was one of the actors considered to star as Maverick, but then he didn't get the role because Tom Cruise did. And so he went on and did the, the parody movie, Hot Shots. Which is probably one of his best movies. Honestly, yes. Yeah. Hot Shots and Hot Shots 2 is... Hot Shots 2 is more like a Rambo yeah. parody, but Hot Shots was hilarious. I, I actually want to rewatch it. And I think it's actually on like one of the streaming platforms, unlike Top Gun. But anyway, before we get even more sidetracked, you went to, to the cinema to see, to see the, the latest one. Yeah, so... Top Gun Maverick, I don't know if I should give it a score, and I've got to be really careful not to give any spoilers, because it's kind of still out in the movies and you haven't seen it. But it's very much in the same vein and spirit of the original, which is a compliment. Yeah, I mean, the, the original is, it might not be everybody everybody's cup of tea, but it's iconic. Uh, yeah, and it does a really good job of balancing the nostalgia recapping you with the story so there's a few flashbacks to the original movie so you can see a few scenes from the original movie in there 
The cast, as you mentioned, Tom Cruise returns as Maverick. Yeah. Val Kilmer returns. I don't want to say in a cameo. He's credited, but it's a small role. But important, but small role. Really? As Iceman. Part of the premise is that all his peers have been promoted and had a career, but Maverick is still this crazy Maverick pilot. <laughs> yeah. Who should have been given the death sentence according to <laughs> Legal Eagle? <laughs> Val Kilmer apparently had to beg the producers and Tom Cruise intervened to make sure he got a role in the movie. And part of that is because um, you commented that Val Kilmer's really out of shape. Do you know he's got voice? He had throat cancer and he can no longer talk. Oh, oh God. Oh. So he talks with one of those machines and it's really bad to the point that his speech is still bad in the movie. But it's, yeah. it's um, generated with artificial intelligence. He's got so much of his voice recorded that they're able to yeah. make him talk. Really? Yeah. Ah, actually, no, you, you mentioned that. I think, the, like, completely sidetracked and completely off script as well. The, I read that Amazon wants to do the same thing with uh, Alexa. So not with Val Kilmer's voice, <laughs> but with like your loved ones who pass away that they want to record voices and then use AI to reproduce it. Wow. Yeah. Not really sure how I feel about that, because I don't know, if I were to hear my grandma, I'd probably tear up a lot. Sorry, go, go, go back. But anyway, Val Kilmer is very much still alive. <laughs> and um, yes. so he, as I said, is in the movie. However, Kelly McGuinness, which was the love interest in the first movie, was not called back. Yeah. And I, I can't think of anybody else who's in it from the previous. There's a few new actors like Jennifer Connolly, who plays the love interest in the current one, and um, John Hamm. Oh, Don, Don Draper. Don Draper. And I, I personally think he does a pretty cool job. Like, I love whatever he does. I, I'm, I'm quite a fan. Okay. Uh, you know what? Actually, I was like, I, I looked up Top Gun in uh, IMDb. And, okay, we commented about. Val Kilmer, and now I even regret inviting him over to the podcast. Jesus, Des, you gave me the worst news. I feel horrible. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and you look at everybody's pictures, because the pictures are pretty recent on, on IMDb, and they all look like everyone's aged, because it's been almost 40 years. Everyone's aged, except for Tom Cruise. He looks exactly the same. It's ridiculous. He has no right. He's made a pact with the devil. I don't know what he's done. But there is another sports scene on the beach. Yeah. And he does take his top off. And you're kind of thinking, oh, is this going to be cringe? No, the guy is tip top shape. He is incredible. Wow. All right. I don't know if he did like working out for 10 months prior to that five minute scene. I have no idea. <laughs> but he looks incredible. Yeah. Kudos to him. Scientology for you. So, yeah, Tom Cruise, ridiculously good shape. The movie in itself is very much copy-paste. My take-home message is don't think of the plot. If you try to think of it as a, a critical movie, it falls mm -hmm. flat at the first hurdle. It's mm -hmm. pure entertainment, and it's very good at what it does. So the original and this one, they have minimal CGI effects. And I think that's something which a lot of people have praised it for because the fight scenes and like the 
cockpit scenes, they're all real. Like the pilots, the actors were literally flying. Yeah. Oh, actually, that brings me to another cool fact about the original. They worked with the Navy to get those honestly amazing shots of the fighter jets flying. And you see it in the final part of the movie when they're actually fighting bad guys and they fire a missile. Like throughout the movie, the Americans fire a few missiles, but it's always the same shot because the Navy allowed for one missile fire to be on recorded on camera. So they just put a lot of cameras and it's they got different angles, but it's always the same missile being shot. I can picture that one plane blowing up as it like with my eyes closed perfectly because yeah. I don't know if you remember the old Nintendo and Super Nintendo game of Top Gun. Yes, of course. And every time you locked on and fired a missile, your little radar screen showed you a very pixelated GIF of that same plane blowing up. So I have seen it literally hundreds of thousands (laughs) of times. Wow. Okay. But yeah, that, that was actually something that really impressed me of the old movie was how cool it looked like the the fighting scenes and the flying scenes looked amazing and it's because it was all practical effects like it was cameras on top of airplanes actually and talking about looked cool tom cruise is still driving a motorbike without a helmet possibly under the influence (laughs) (laughs) okay the soundtrack of the original was iconic think about danger zone think about take my breath away yeah i think one of them has become a song to get hyped to i.e danger zone whereas take my breath away has become <laughs> a bit of a cliche yes a little bit but yeah so in this movie danger zone, danger zone yes take my breath away no it, it's not <laughs> featured don't take my breath away <laughs> yeah so that's not there Otherwise, I'm not sure the soundtrack of the current one is particularly good, but, you know, they obviously brought back the song from, oh, who, is it? who sings it again? Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins, of course. Great song. It's featured. Just don't think of the plot. Go in there to have a good time and you will be pleased. The way you describe it, it's a good incentive to go back to the movie. You know, like big Coke, popcorn, fighter jets. Also, I think it's one of those movies where watching it on a smallish screen is not going to do it justice. Just because those flight scenes, you know, they're so panoramic. Like, you want to see the countryside in the background. You want to see the detail of the planes. Like, CGI just is not there yet. Like, the practical effects in this are good. One last question. Do you need to have seen the first one to enjoy this one? Or does it stand alone? I think having... A passing knowledge of the original is good, but it's not essential. They do a good job of, as I said, bringing up the pertinent points of the original movie into the sequel. Yeah. All right. So no, overall, I really enjoyed it. If I had to give it a score out of a six pack, I would give it a a five, a five, but I think it deserves a four, but it gets the extra point for being Top Gun. Nostalgia. Okay. Well, sounds great. I can't wait to see it now that I'm ready to <laughs> I've prepared by watching the, the original one. Also, wait, la- last thing, because it just came to mind and I find it really funny. 
there's a scene where he's playing, where Maverick and Goose are playing beach volleyball against um, Iceman and his wingman, but I can't remember what his name is or what his call sign is. And they're playing uh, on the beach. He then, Maverick then puts his shirt on, gets on his motorcycle, goes to the girl's house for dinner. He's there late after he insisted in very like inappropriate ways to, to date her. She caves, maybe because she's afraid, who knows? She caves, invites him over. He shows up late, sweaty from the volleyball. They have dinner, he drinks wine, and then he leaves. Like he is also the worst date ever and insists on having a shower at her place as their first date. (laughs) (laughs) So a a lesson for people out there, Maverick is the worst date ever. You could be cynical and be, guys, it's not how you behave. It's how you look. (laughs) But also there, I mean, Tom Cruise is really short. And I read that there's there were like multiple scenes where he was on a little platform just to look taller. But he still does that. Apparently he has it in his contracts that he has to look taller than he is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, lots of camera angles, standing on boxes, wearing <laughs> platforms. So Tom Cruise is literally larger than life. <laughs> <laughs> right. Des, I think we're, we're done talking about Top Gun. How is your simple beer? No, not simple, classic lager. It does exactly what it says on the tin. I don't think there's anything particularly fancy about this beer. I would say that for a lager, it does taste a little bit more malty than I expected it to. But it's mm-hmm. still good, and it's not particularly strong. It's, um, it's got a good color to it. It's nice cold. Um, so I'm going to score it highly for a lager. So if, if that's what you're in the mood for, this gets a, a solid four out of a six-pack. Nice. How about yours? So my Kota 21 is, wow, it's really good, man. So it's a wheat beer, so if that's kind of got to be your cup of tea. But... It's kind of fruity, kind of really smooth. I really like it. It could be because there's 2000 degrees right now in in Italy and I'm dying, but it's just such a good beer. I'm going to go ahead and give it five and a half out of six. Also, it's Italian, so obviously it tastes better. Exactly. It's made it because, you know, we have such a deep beer making tradition. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in Italy. But uh, no, it's just really balanced. Like there's, it's not too sweet or too bitter or too fruity or too anything. It's just smooth. And on a, on a summer day like now, I honestly can't really think of any or many beers better than this one. What an endorsement. Yes. So if you're ever in the Italian region of Umbria, go visit these guys. I think they're onto something. Okay. So on that note, just a quick recap of today's episode. We filled you in on some of the news which is circulating at the moment, including Netflix still creating value for others, a possible Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reboot or remake. We're not entirely sure. And we research nothing. (laughs) Amen. A quick recap of all the quirky devices which can run the original Doom, which blew our mind. Talking about things being rebooted, we talked about the original Top Gun from 1986, including how some of the behaviors of the protagonists may not be acceptable nowadays. All of this in anticipation of the new Top Gun movie, which I have sort of semi-reviewed because I want to avoid spoilers, but it is good. So go watch it and let me know what you think. 
And on that note, Marco, I think that is us done. One one more thing. You said that behaviors that were not, that are, aren't exactly acceptable now, they weren't acceptable back then either. But somehow people thought it was okay. Like, it, it, don't, if you want to hit on a girl, don't go into the ladies' room to insist, <laughs> please, please. <laughs> Or hit on anyone for that matter. I really like just don't don't be pushy. Um, now <laughs> on this bombshell, Des, we we can we can end the episode. So thank you so much for listening, Des. I'll talk to you next time. See you next time, guys.